Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill. People's eyes are gonna pop out of their damn skulls when they see this. Listen, you little bitch. You hang up on me again, I'll gut you like a fish. Finger licking good. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouth Mills, and today's episode is number 211. And this time around, it's our monthly roundtable episode. So I'm joined once again by my monthly co-hosts, John Wren and Travis Bennington, as well as a special guest, Travis's wife and killer tattoo artist, Laura Bennington, as we dive into all things Nicolas Cage. Unfortunately, Phil couldn't join us this week as his grandfather passed away recently, so we want to send all of our love and condolences to him and his family. But he did send over something for me to read in his absence, so definitely keep an ear out for that later on in the episode. Now, of course, we do also talk about all of our first-time watches throughout the month of October, as well as anything special we're doing to celebrate spooky season. But before we dive into all that, I just want to remind you guys to go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and X for all updates on the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can sign up for the Patreon for only $2 a month. The link for that is in the description. You'll get some stickers in the mail, a shout-out on a future episode, as well as a monthly bonus episode where we'll do a watch-along of a horror movie or something horror-related. I'm a little behind on those episodes, but I'm going to be catching up over the weekend, and there'll be some new stuff on the Patreon by the end of the weekend for sure. So keep an eye out for that if you're interested. The link is in the description. Also, you can support the podcast the free way by just rating and subscribing wherever you're listening or sharing it around. It's equally appreciated, and thank you guys again so much for listening. With all that being said, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome, guys, of course. Uh, what? Uh, I guess we could start with, like I said, me and Travis were talking ahead of time, you know, uh, me, Travis, and Laura. Sorry, Laura. But uh, that's a- um, uh, the better bidding 10. Yeah, uh, how dare you insult the better hat. <laughs> that's why I had to give her a title afterwards, so I was like, that way people know the, uh, the hierarchy in the house. <laughs> but uh I am in the taller chair, so. Right. <laughs> well, let's get it straight, though. Pamcake rules the fucking house. She's the. She high- is literally snoring in the love sack behind us. So good for her. She she rules everything. I have one right here. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. No, I'm sure my cats are in here somewhere, but the room's so dark that they'll just uh, randomly start licking themselves, and I'll hear it out of nowhere. It's like it's almost like the uh, clucking from uh, Hereditary when they start doing that shit in the dark. It's like oh. Where's it at? <laughs> but no, hell yeah. Uh, but we can dive into, you know, uh, with just anything cool that we did, you know, because it's spooky season. It's October, of course. This is our October episode. So we can just say anything that we did that was, you know, worth mentioning as well as, you know, any first time watches. If you want to kind of cover your 31 days, you know, just real quick, that's cool as well. I don't really have my list out, but I'll definitely cover my first time watches. But uh, we'll start with uh, Ren on this since you guys chose the cage and are the cage lovers. So I'll let you guys, of course, start when we get to the Nicolas Cage talk. But Well, right now I'm watching the end of record, which is the fucking like most intense fucking part of the movie when she's in like the black and white or the, the night vision. She can't see. And that like fucking thing. Javier Bardet's like uh, or not. What the hell is this? Javier? It's like, Bo-tet is, like Bo-tet? yeah, whatever. I do is like yeah. fucking creeping around. Yeah, no, got sidetracked. Um, as far as spooky season, uh, I've been doing the 31 Days of Horror. Uh, record is obviously uh, number 23. Um, 
the cool thing that I saw this month was when evil lurks, which jumped like high into my list, which was directed by the guy who did terrified as opposed to that piece of shit terrifier. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it was, it was just as fucking gnarly as terrified was. Uh, There was a lot of like cool scenes, like the, the way that guy shoots his films uh, is very interesting. Uh, I'm surprised a 24 doesn't like pick up everything he does. Cause it seems like an a 24 film, like if a 24 was in Argentina, but it was a cool way of um, covering like the possession thing. It was more like that they're infected as opposed to like just straight up possessed by like some demon. It's like, a, it's like an infection thing. So that was cool. I did see exorcist, the believer earlier in the month and that fucking honked to Holy hell. That was a terrible movie. And the more I think about it, the more I hate it. Like the more I'm mad that I've, that that movie exists mm-hmm. and Waxworks and Waxworks just put up the, the vinyl for it. And I'm like, why, why does that, why, who cares? It's like just tubular bells again anyway. So it's like, why the fuck would we need a new one? We could just listen to tubular bells on the old one. Yeah. And they have the old one. That's the thing. Just fucking repress the old one. Cause I don't have it and I need it. So that's right. what they should do. They should just repress that. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that I did. That's fuck- well, I have something cool coming up on Sunday. My wife and I are going to Mahoning because they're doing to end the season. They're doing, um, the lost boys and Tim's sexy sax yes. man. Capella is going to be there. Fucking. Yeah ripping the saxophone <laughs> at the uh but by a bonfire like they did in the movie so like i'm fucking stoked oh, on that's that. incredible yeah take my shirt off immediately just i'm going i might <laughs> he's he's kind of out of shape so i think i might have to beat him uh, like i might beat him now i'm fucking you know not in tip-top shape but you know little baby oil and we have we gotta we'll make some magic happen i have the body of henry <laughs> zabrowski and i'd still be topless i don't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's it. That's really it. That's uh, nothing. Nothing too exciting. Um, yeah. My wife did get me some weird Funko like uh, Advent calendar thing for the like, the f- Yeah, <laughs> some whatever the fuck they are. I have. That's what we call plopos. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I did day five. I think I got. What the hell do I have? I'm looking at it here. Oh, I have Lalorna, Michael. Like when he's fully vampired. I have the old uh, Pennywise. Georgie, oh, and then today I got Annabelle. So, like, nothing, like, amazing, but it's fun. Hopefully you at least get an Ash in there, so it's something that's, you know, yeah, one yeah. of your favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, like, Beetlejuice. I think Beetlejuice is, like, a common thing. I'll take a Beetlejuice. I would be so happy if you just kept getting the La Lor- Lorna. Yeah, thir- just 13, like of, 13 those of those things. <laughs> like, is she crying? She crying. Yeah, she's, she's definitely crying. I have never even seen that movie. <laughs> uh, the widest pronunciation of the it. name I've ever heard. <laughs> it's not good yeah that's what i heard so so cool i have a fucking miniature fungo for that stupid movie stupid plopos i bought it without watching it because it was five bucks on blu-ray like two weeks after it came out so i was like oh that's gotta be a good sign (laughs) so so i ended up watching it eventually and i was like yeah that's why it was five bucks but Mm -hmm. i got a couple of the plopos right there but mine's the visible man and frankenstein (laughs) ours mine are the only plopos i own are actually applicable our conversation later Fuck yeah yeah so. <laughs> no the rest of mine are in storage i have so in <laughs> judgment time i have over probably about three to four hundred funko pops but they're all in storage holy godzillas that was impressive my, man that was like my thing yeah like pre-covid like my thing was going out and collecting and like just hunting funkos that i wanted they're mostly like dc and marvel stuff but then like yeah. a lot of horror stuff but uh and my plan is to get rid of everything but the horror maybe some like music because i have like metallica and prince and stuff like that but um uh my plan is eventually get rid of them all but it's just hard to get rid of them now because you know the 
there's so many of them out there and stuff like that. But uh, then mm-hmm. when COVID started, I kind of like really got out of it and just never got back into it. Every now and then there's one that I see and I'm like, oh, I want, like like the new Toxic Avenger that came out. I'm like, I kind of want that one. But like mm-hmm. uh, other than that, I don't really buy them anymore. Like these are just the two that I happen to have like in grabbing range when I was moving. And I was like, I'll just keep those on the shelf just because they're the only like universal monster sh- shit that I have. So yeah, like why not? But that's cool. Oh, yeah. But what about the uh, Bennington's? What have you guys checked out this month? And you guys... uh, We've well, watched so many movies. Watched a lot. We've so tried to keep up with it. Um, totally Killer. We watched that. Uh, loved it. Fun. Yeah, it was it was a good bit of fun. Uh, yeah. Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. It wasn't bad. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't hate it. It's not some... as yeah. good as like the original. I like didn't know we were watching a pet cemetery movie until those goddamn trucks. And I was like, oh my God, is this a pet cemetery movie? Don't they know that they shouldn't be on this goddamn road? You don't want to go down that road. Nobody goes down that road. But then, like, we watched it. <laughs> ADHD spiral. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we watched it and I was like, this isn't too bad. But I, yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It was it was okay. It was okay. That's my takeaway. Yeah. They kept parking the car on the road, which was more upsetting than anything that was actually mm-hmm. happening because the trucks and the road and it's a whole thing. Yeah, and that's all I have to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> now I hate when people do that in my fucking neighborhood. So I would imagine that movie would definitely piss me off. I was gonna already think about skipping it. Now that you say that detail, it's definitely gonna skip for me this year. I might watch it towards yeah. the end of the year for the top ten list, just so I can say, oh yeah, I watched it, and it's definitely not in my top ten, but. It's not, I'm not uh, Russian. <laughs> I mean, like, I watched it and I was fine with it. Uh, I don't think I'll, I need to rewatch it. Yeah. You know, but it's like, it's one of those movies that if I'm watching something and it comes on after something else, I'll let it ride. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to like, I'm not disgusted by it, but it's, I'm not going to seek it out. No. You know, I saw it once. I feel fine with it. So, I mean, some, some of the gore was okay. You know, some of that stuff That's was fine. cool. That's almost uh, one. If watched... I got a theatrical release, I probably would have felt more compelled to go see it than yeah. But yeah, yeah. angry black girl and her monster. I watched that. I thought that was uh, interesting. I kind of it lulled me to sleep at a point, so I didn't finish it. Uh, so I can't really talk too much about it. But I was enjoying what I saw. I just was tired. Uh, the mill. I don't know if that counts as horror, but it was you know listed as horror but that was uh with like Lil Ray and he's just pushing the fucking wheel for two hours. Oh I heard uh, about that on a podcast. They were yeah they were they talked about it like it was horror. So I mean I yeah well like I mean I think it's it's like the like horror psychological yeah it's like psychological yeah. but it's like the horror of like real life and having to go work a job. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so it I thought it was great. I thought it was an awesome movie. Um yeah. it kind of felt like cube or something like that. You know, where it's like just constantly like twisting the knife a little bit. And uh, so I dug that. We saw The Boogeyman. That was like a newer release that we saw. And uh, it was mid at best. Uh, Slother House. <laughs> I want to check that, that one was, out. <laughs> it was very campy. It was fun. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was, was like yeah. stupid. I got Travis to rewatch The Witch, Ren. I did. Okay. I did rewatch The Witch. Uh, it's still sucks. No, you. That's not what you said. It's, it's uh, no, no, no. It's. <laughs> dude, listen, I'm trying. I'm trying to will your chair to fall over right now. <laughs> he he ended with um. It's good. 
Yeah, it's good. It's fine. Which is better than that's the worst movie that I've ever seen. How did this even get made? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like I, I understand the uh, appeal or I'm just being like peer pressured into like. Either way, I'm you know, I, I, Yeah. We're going to fucking hammer it in. Yes. Uh, but mm-hmm. no, so I watched that and it was good. We did see VHS 85. Oh yeah, I saw that too. The first one was good and everything else kind of Yeah, well. I, some of it I just didn't, yeah. it didn't like connect with me. Uh, but that's kind of how all those movies are. I think there's always like a, a handful with the exception of the last one, like the one they did like last year, earlier in the year. 99. Uh, yeah. That one I thought was kind of great, except for maybe one of them I didn't care for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, there, there was, was like two out of the four. Were, yeah, two out of the four were good. We're good. Um, yeah. yeah. That's like all the new shit. I think we've seen. Well, I mean, we've seen a ton, but it's all like the, the first watches. Yeah. Started watching that Goosebumps and Fall of the House of Usher and some of those that are TV shows. So they're both good. Oh, we watched that movie, The Tank. It sucked. Oh, yeah. The Tank did suck. <laughs> What's that about? I haven't uh, heard about that one. They like um, get this house from the dead mother and there's like a water tank in the back that has like these like mix of like a Tremors and an alien and like it's dumb. It's like not acted well. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a sci-fi original, honestly. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just curious because, like, the name of the tank, you know, it's like uh, ambiguous. So I didn't really, and since I hadn't heard of it, I was like curious. But well, yeah, it's shitty monster like, movie, pretty much. Yes, yeah, like a mm-hmm. creature living in like the the water tank. Yeah. Oh fuck, is, is what it is. It's not. Yeah. No, it's like I put on um one one that I forgot to shout out when we were talking earlier because we kind of mentioned a few when we were talking earlier, but uh, um. Fuck, what's it? It's something like the elevator game or whatever, but it's based on that game that you play when you go to the Cecil Hotel or whatever hotel it is where that girl was found mm-hmm. in the water tank. Uh, they made a movie based on the game where you're supposed to go in the hotel and go from like uh, like a certain floor to a certain floor, and like you're supposed to go in a certain sequence, and then when you hit the last one, they're supposed to you're supposed to see something. Um, I started that movie and fell asleep like after the first scare because it was horrible. <laughs> but, uh, I did start that one, <laughs> but, uh, and then I did forget. Uh, I did watch a few. Uh, some some cool shit that I watched was um, my wife's a huge Ghost Adventures fan, and we just got HBO Max again. So um, we wa- we've been watching a few of those. Like they went to the Cecil Hotel, we watched that, and that's where I first heard about the the game, and it made me kind of interested to find out there was a movie based on it and stuff like that. But um, does he uh, still yell at the ghosts? Yeah. Uh, have you seen that clip where he's like, uh, "Last time I was here, I was a little out of hand," and it's him in the tub, and he's like, oh, "I'm cutting my wrist just like you did." And it's like, <laughs> If you haven't seen that, it's like no. the he's literally like in a tub and he's like, ah, I'm cutting my wrist. And he's like, it's like the wildest shit. And then uh, uh, what's funny is I've ha- I had people on the podcast and they were talking about like how he's so like uh, off color and stuff like that, like with some of the shit he says. And uh, two things popped up that clip and then the clip where he had a guest show up late and he was like, uh, after the witness showed up two hours late, <laughs> like he literally calls him out for it, like in the fucking <laughs> like voiceover shit i love it and i love it <laughs> and he's like such an asshole but now he's yeah he's still out there trying to square up on ghost and like yelling at his people like don't do that man and, and uh like punching people and then be like oh man the ghost made me do it but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... i love it like, i don't know where that rage came it. from it's like are you sure it's not because i ate your fucking last hot pocket dude <laughs> 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 no other than that uh before i jump into the movies i first watched because a lot of them are stuff that you guys mentioned and then the rest of them are sneakers anyways but um 
I did finally get to link up with Boomer from Podcast in the Woods. Uh, since last time we went, we went and saw Get Out in the theaters, which was really cool to see finally in the theaters because I missed it the first time. Uh, just because, you know, of course, when Jordan Peele was making a horror movie, nobody knew what to expect. And then Boomy ends up being one of the best horror directors ever. Uh, so it's cool to really see that in the theaters. Uh, and then we ended up doing horror trivia, which we won. But shout out to the Thrill Me Podcast Network and the Haunters Podcast. Uh, they're the ones that put it on and stuff like that. And it was a super fun time. But um, then, not first watches, but I got to catch some of the splatter flick stuff at the Carolina Theater in Durham. Uh, they do a lot of like, they call them festivals, but it's like, you know, multi-day stuff. And it's like, just shows multiple movies. I mean, it is festivals, but uh, they do like a retro goth one that's coming up that has like a bunch of Argento and Baba stuff. And they do something that is just classics. Like they're showing like, uh, like one week they're showing like Batman Returns, like a Superman movie, uh, The Dark Crystal, shit like that. And, but uh, they were showing a bunch of horror movies. So we got to see Friday the 13th, uh, The Fly, which is pretty cool because I heard that that's apparently really expensive to show. So a lot of theaters don't show that movie. And then um, uh, we also got to see Demons 2. So that was pretty cool. But uh, and then, of course, we watched Joe Bob this past week, which they showed Demons 2 and all Hallow's Eve. So we watched those. But other than that, first watches were pretty much Creep Show. Season four was one that wasn't mentioned. We've watched all but the last two episodes and really enjoyed it. And I'm really looking forward to the last two episodes because one of the segments is based on uh, somebody finding uh, books by George A. Romero and like trying to do something with them. So it's like based on George A. Romero. So I'm stoked to watch that one finally. Um, but the rest of the season has been pretty fun. It's kind of like one of those things that very similar to VHS 85, which I also watched. I don't know if I'll return to it at all, just because I kind of hope that they just give me one every October. So that way I could just watch a new one and not worry about the old one. You know what I mean? Like it's as long as it's enjoyable enough that I had fun watching it. Like uh, I felt the same way as you guys. Like uh, I think I had a little bit more fun than with VHS 85, but uh, when it comes to like returning to ones, uh, there's other ones that are just stronger overall. So I'll probably return to this one a little bit uh, less than those, but Creepshow season four is pretty fun, and I hope that they definitely get season five for sure. But Puppet Man was a Shutter original. Fucking sucked. Uh, don't like it. Had like two good kills. Other than that, the ending was really messy. Uh, even my wife watched it with me, didn't find it scary, and kind of thought the same thing. Heebie TV was like kablam if it was horror. Uh, it was also very like sporadic and stuff, and I don't think uh, you guys would enjoy it at all, to be honest with you. And I enjoyed it, but probably never watch it again. Uh, when Evil Lurks, my probably favorite movie of the year so far there's one scene in it that i won't even go any details at all but i just remember like it's random know exactly what i'm talking about you see two things close to each other and you immediately just think fuck i don't want anything to happen and then you just have to sit with that for a long fucking time until the inevitable just happens and um there's just so much in this movie that like i haven't left a movie just like feeling like uh like that taken back by a movie i mean i guess of course like uh like i love like I always talk about Hereditary is one of my top three movies of all time. And there's a couple movies like I love Pearl and stuff like that. But this is uh, definitely one that if you can uh, watch ASAP. And like I was telling you guys earlier that it sh should be on Shutter on this, this Friday, which this episode will drop on Friday this week because of trivia on Wednesday. I'm super busy, so I won't be able to get it up till Friday. But uh, so the same day this episode drops, it should be on Shutter. So if you haven't seen When Evil Lurks, definitely go see it. And hopefully in November, the director will have some free time because uh, he says he's like, a, like well, not he says, I know he's on the festival circuit right now promoting the movie, and he says in November he can hop on the pod, so fingers crossed he'll be on my December lineup, but uh, cool. uh, I'm with Ren Terrifier, Terrified <coughs> Ruled too, so, but um, then I saw Totally Killer, I like that one as well, That if that cracks my top 10, it'll be like number 10 or number 9, but it was just super fun, and uh, I like a lot of the cast, uh, Julie Bolin is awesome, so 
And then Exorcist Believer honked, uh, like I was telling you guys prior, that I went and saw it in this, like, theater that was so fucking big. Like, it was supposed to be, like, immersive or whatever, but it, I feel like they did it after the fact, after building the theater, so the screen doesn't really fit. And I sat a little closer because I like to not be so crowded, you know, at a dinner theater and stuff, because some people just keep ordering shit and this and that and get real talkative and stuff. And uh, my theater experience was great, but I felt like I was staring at eyebrows and shit the whole fucking movie. So I definitely want to give it another shot before giving it a full rating. But from what I picked up in my viewing, uh, it was pretty butthole. Uh, and then the only other thing I want to shout out that's not a new watch, but I just kind of want to shout it out because it was awesome, was the Toxic Avenger teaser. Uh, I'm yeah, fucking yeah. super stoked about that. And I'm really excited just to see the tone that they went with on that. And uh, uh, I was just watching some Toxie, like the original Toxic Avenger, just a little bit of it earlier before dinner and stuff like that. And just makes me more excited for it just because uh, how cool the trailer looked and stuff. But anything else you guys want to shout out or that you thought about before we jump into the old Church of Cage? No. Church of Cage, man. That's, that's good. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> That's the hymn of Nicholas Cage. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> a cage cake. <laughs> a cupcake. Yeah, she the, had a. Uh... I had a birthday party that was themed Nicholas Cage and Princess Party. Yes, it was a Nicholas Cage Princess Party. <laughs> mm-hmm. princess so people had crowns with these like little Nicholas Cage heads on them. Yes. A Sophia Coppola. First... <laughs> yeah, that was like the first year we did so like the first time i ever have to experience her like weird ass leap year birthday it was a leap year birthday but also a nicholas cage princess party that we went bowling at <laughs> it was a trip oh yeah it sounds like the sounds like was from the mind it. of a five-year-old like yeah. <laughs> the big lebowski yeah. too what are you talking yeah about? <laughs> hell yeah that rules <laughs> you're like uh i want nicholas cage and uh princesses they're like ma'am those two things don't go together they're like you don't know me very well <laughs> now should we bring out our special guest oh uh, yeah i guess we can this will be the perfect time for a special guest hold on oh yeah uh, i'm gonna introduce introduce you to my friend here all right well this, <laughs> this is my friend nick <laughs> Uh, Did I ever tell you guys why I wear a snakeskin jacket? <laughs> I didn't know we had the man himself here tonight. I'm blushing. Do, do you guys? Do you guys have one of those fucking pillows where if you like rub your hand up and it's like his face? And if you we do at the tattoo shop, but at, in our home we have which one is it? It's from, from Con, Air. Con Air. We have two Con Airs, and then we have two Nicolas Cage blankets. Yes, and yeah. Is, like it the, is it the one that's just it's like really giant like of his rest of his face and then his face is really small no but now i need that yeah we bought that as a gag gift for a friend of ours uh last christmas it's just like this humongous blanket that's his face but his face is like actually like this big oh my it's, god yeah you're gonna have to send me that link so yeah. <laughs> we need maybe three blankets with nick cage's face on it i'm wearing my nick cage shirt that trav got me Oh yeah. Oh, is that the uh what is it, Meth Syndicate shirt? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you can never go wrong with Nicolas Cage. What uh nope. what made you choose Nicolas Cage? Travis, of course, your love of Nicolas Cage. I mean that's uh I mean it's a basic question, but uh, I figured I'd give you a like, yeah. where'd your love of it start? Well, I mean, my love of it started probably with 
raising Arizona. Um, I mean, growing up, I think that was like on constant rotation. My dad and my mom thought that was like the funniest fucking movie. So when we were kids, we just saw it and it was just there all the time, all the time, all the time. So then when I started seeing him and other things, it just always connected back to this like really positive, happy memory with my parents. And, uh, and you know, raising Arizona is fucking perfect. It's awesome. And then it's like, you know, he's done a million fucking movies over the years and not all of them are great. So there would be like this organic kind of ebb and flow to where I would go years without even like thinking, like as I was growing up as a kid, I'd be like, well, you know, Nick Cage, he was in Raising Arizona. He was in uh, Wild at Heart. He was in, you know, Vampire's Kiss, whatever. So you have these moments that kind of stand out, but then it's like Wicker Man comes. And that was when I was like really starting to kind of just like double down on like horror stuff. So I'm like, oh, cool. He's in this horror movie. And like, listen, everybody hates it. Uh, but I I just I thought it was fun. I like was like, oh, cool. Like it's him being ridiculous and him doing this like this movie. And it's like I went to the theaters to see that. Like I went to the theaters to see uh, like Ghost Rider. Like I took a, a girl on a date to see Ghost Rider. And that's why you guys aren't, and that's why you guys are not together because you told yes. to see Ghost Rider. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, I was in middle school. So. You know, but then there was like, there was like, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold like on. I gotta go rub my bang gay on. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. You know, there was like fucking gone in 60 seconds and shit like that. And it's like, I, I just dug all those movies. I thought they were a lot of fun. Uh, I think that when Laura and I met, I mean, our first date, we watched Face Off. Face Off. Okay. That was like the movie we agreed upon because that was like my whole thing was she recommended some movie. And I, I think movie 43, my exact quote was, I don't know if I can trust your taste in movies yet. So like, you know, like we have to like, like meet in the middle on something. And of course, as we're like flipping through, it's like, oh, here's face off. We're like, okay. And then, you know, we bonded over that. So then it was stuff that maybe I missed or didn't give a chance in his catalog. She was like, oh, no, this movie is actually super sick. And then it's like we just kind of filled in the pieces. And, uh, you know, now there's this like Nick Cage resurgence where it's like he's just is like doing great films and that are like undeniably good. And people have to like now everybody loves Nick Cage. Like, yeah. There was a lot of years where like no one would fuck with him. Everybody was like, "Oh, dude, all his movies fucking suck." And most of them were stinkers for sure through a period of time. You know, he had a he had a bad run, but now it's like you know, I, objectively, he's done one of my favorite movies of all time, and that's Mandy. That movie, whatever it is about that, there it is it connects with my brain on like every wavelength, you know, from like the opening with like the King Crimson song, you know, like that alone, like the soundtrack on that is just like, that's like how my brain works. And then how it looks is how my brain works. And like the weird, like mutants and like this, the weird cult and all that shit is stuff. That's like interesting to me in the realm of like horror and sci-fi. And, uh, and then, you know, it's like Nick Cage getting to be, 
unbridled Nick Cage for, you know, 97 minutes or whatever. Uh, it doesn't really get better. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's where it started. And I think that now, you know, I brought it to this because he's done a lot of horror movies recently in like the last few years. And he just keeps doing more or stuff that's like horror adjacent. And uh, I think that's cool. I think he's like kind of finding his place in that world. And uh, I think the horror world and the sci-fi world like embrace him more than like the mainstream world did, you know? And I think that's cool because obviously we all have like cool tastes. So, you know, good for Nick. Mm-hmm. Right. Now he seems like the type of dude that will be on the convention circuit in 10 years, just fucking being the coolest, like raddest dude. I mean, he might not be, but also at the same time, like just because not because he needs to, just because he seems like that type of guy, like, fuck it. Why not? Cause he loves horror too. Like he likes yeah. classic stuff. Like, he always, you know, like in most movies, he jokes about Dr. The, uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, but he like, that's truly one of his favorite films. Like, yeah. So it's not just a joke. It's like a joke on, it's like one of those meta jokes where it's like, uh, there's some truth to it and stuff, but right. Like, but now and then uh would you say uh was raised in arizona your start laura or what was your, uh, your introduction to the old uh... um my introduction was actually valley girl it used to okay. play on tv and i fell in love with him uh and then you know everybody else is kind of just a side piece sorry babe okay. um because you know nick cage is my one it's cage atkins <laughs> then travis <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but yeah, um, that was a big, a big movie for me because like I grew up in kind of a stricter household. So like we weren't really allowed to like watch a lot of fun movies. Um, but somehow like I saw face off and like gone in 60 seconds were kind of like my peak adolescence, I suppose. And so those movies had like a big, you know, Nick Cage sized hole in my heart. Um, (laughs) And, like, I have seen a good, like, I was going through, like, his movies today, and I was like, I've seen, like, almost all of these, even the stinkers. Because for a minute, it was, like, my goal was to see all the Nick Cage movies, just to say I've seen them. Uh, But there are so many, and some of them are really hard to get through. Um, But... I think that, yeah, he has, like, he's been given the opportunity to, like, really flourish lately, and it's been incredible. And I love that people love him as much as I love him. Like, I'm not a weird gatekeeper type person about that stuff. I want the things I like to, like, be accessible. I want him to, like, be in more films. So I think it's gorgeous that he is being allowed to, like, be himself in these movies and, like, really shine. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I love when people like stuff like like when stuff like that picks up. Uh, I'm with you. Some people are like, oh, no, the stuff I like is getting popular, but I like to just be knowledgeable about it. So somebody actually wants to hear about it. But it's like, oh, I've been liking it for a while. So I know this much about like, let me actually let me fill your ear with it. You know what I mean? And you get people that are actually interested in it, not just hearing it because, you know, they're just being nice and like listening to you talk. They truly are interested at this point. So, yeah, like Wild at Heart is definitely also one of those movies that like. It's David Lynch, which Travis loves David Lynch. I don't know if you guys knew that. Eraserhead first, of course. <laughs> he fucking, you know, he fucking honks. David Lynch sucks. David Lynch fucking <laughs> sucks. The wild part is I love that movie so much. Mic. It's such a good movie. It's yeah. like that movie was like a weird fever dream because it like played on TV. And I would only ever see the part where they were in that car accident and she was like scratching underneath 
her scalp and she's like, my dad's going to kill me, you know, because she wrecked the car anyway. But yeah, I just more Nick Cage. That's basically it. More Nick Cage, the better. Right. Fuck you. Never too much Cage. No. What about you, Nightmare Freddy? What uh, what is uh, your introduction <laughs> to the old um, cage? That, that's that's Fetty, sir. Oh, Fetty. I'm, <laughs> I'm the Chinese knockoff. It does um, say Fetty. I thought that was Five Finger. Uh, what's the name? Yeah, wait, five a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you guys are not familiar with Nightmare Fetty. No. no, it is the greatest fucking shit doll on earth, and I am. It's like my holy grail. It's like my, my white whale. It's like a five hundred dollar like fucking Chinese knockoff where they couldn't even spell Freddy right, and they called him Nightmare Fetty. It's like my favorite thing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I thought it was a Fetty Wap reference. <laughs> I want it so bad, but my Nick Cage introduction was Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but he only plays like a fucking like. Like half character, um, well, it's the, buddy. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he's a Coppola in that one. Like, yeah, I, th- I think the, I think the first movie that I saw him in that I remember seeing him in was not Raising Arizona. That was the first one like I got like attached to. But I think uh, Peggy Sue Got Married was the first. Oh, movie that's that a I good saw one. one. Which I don't really care for now. My wife fucking loves it, but it, it was definitely like in that same. I saw that Valley Girl. Raising Arizona, like all around, like the same, and Vampires Kiss, like all around the same time, like they were all like piled on, and I was like, why is this guy in every fucking movie? Because he is in every fucking movie. But, he's amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that was my introduction, and that was like, I was young when I saw those. But I have like a young aunt that used to babysit me, so she was like watching all. She was like a teenager at the time, so she was like into all that shit. So like Nick Cage, like hit like was hitting like right at the same time that she was like going through all of her, you know, she probably, Nick Cage was probably a crush of hers. That's probably why I saw all those movies. Yeah. I should text her. I, I should text her and be like, Aunt Rat, do you like Nick Cage? She'd be like, I did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you guys as far as like, uh, like some of those early films, like really uh, were always, playing and stuff like that like uh face off and con air were two that I definitely saw and like introduced me to the name of uh nicholas cage but honestly because of uh obviously the like little bit of age difference my uh the movie that really burned in my brain and made me a fan of him was gone in 60 seconds and it's because my stepdad was like a big car guy so like he would actually watch the shit out of that film and like really liked it and would watch it you know like, he didn't repeat a lot of films but um when it was on cable he would like always leave it on and stuff like that and i think we ended up with it on vhs so it just got played a lot between me and my stepbrother and um so i really like attached to that film plus fucking angelina jolie is a smoke show in that fucking movie holy shit but i think my real attachment came later on with the movie matchstick man i know it's a weird one but no that's a great movie yeah i love it that was the first like that was one of the first movies that i saw with a twist in it like maybe other than signs or something like that you know what i mean but uh or six Sense, but even six Sense, i think got ruined before i saw it as a kid i was like oh well now i can watch it but um all right it might have been one of those that scared me so much i didn't watch it as a kid and then somebody was just like oh well this happens so and then i saw it years later but uh the, uh, the first one that really just uh stuck with me was matching things that twist and you know like all the you know i love sam rockwell that was the first time i was introduced to him and uh the girl allison i can't remember her last name but she's in drag me to hell you know she's plays the daughter in that she's excellent so it was just a stat cast and uh, so that film and then my mom on the flip side was a huge fan of uh, Family Man, which stars Tia Leone and him, which are two another two uh, great pair. So uh, I really love Family Man. And like I like I literally have that down. I'm not going to go digging for it just because it take me forever. But it's like in the bottom shelf with my non horror Blu-rays. And uh, I watch that every Christmas because it's like a technical Christmas film. It's kind of like 
a different take on a Christmas Carol, you know, like what if type story and stuff. And the ending is sad, but it's also uh, it's just cool to see Nicolas Cage and like enjoy him every Christmas. You know what I mean? Have an excuse to enjoy him every Christmas. So, um, well, but you can I- enjoy him every single day if you wanted to. He has enough movies, right? <laughs> like, uh, not yeah. There's a ton we you know didn't mention. I won't roll through them just in case you know uh, somebody wants to shout them out later because they're not like favorites or nothing. There's you know a bunch that we just. Uh, like that's the thing is he has a bunch of stinkers and then he has a bunch of mid ones that are just like fun, but forgettable. But, uh, you know, that's not even a bad thing. It's just, you know, uh, it just shows that he's like steadily going and, you know, he's not like, he's willing to help out like up and coming filmmakers and stuff like that, you know, and even with his name being what it is, he doesn't turn a, you know, like he doesn't turn his nose up to anything, which is kind of people might look at it and be like, Oh, he's just taking what he can get. But at the same time, I just take it as like, you know, he's not being, uh, snobby to stuff which i mean not that people are being snobby but it's just the fact that he'll work you know like the, what's that movie he did with bill mosley and shit like that the ghost of uh oh the ghost land the prisoners of, of ghost, ghost land yeah yeah like that was a very low budget movie had a bunch of like low budget horror people like the fact that he jumped he into to be that elvis nick cage though so he of course yeah. was gonna do that but like yeah. stuff like that willie's wonderland where he doesn't even fucking speak it's just he does so much like shit that it's just like you know he didn't get paid much but he was just like i'll have fun with that and it's just like uh, the fact that he still does that at this point in his career is so respectable. But um, but now I'm with you guys. Of course, it's easy to go like uh, even if like there's lulls in his career, it's easy to jump right back into loving him when he you know doubles up with Mandy, Color Out of Space. Uh, I just had Jamie Hanks on from I Declare War, and you know he's out in Oregon, and that's where they shot Pig. He was mentioned in that movie because I told him we were going to talk about Nicolas Cage and stuff. And but all the movies I mentioned are probably in my top five as far as like my top five cage films and I'll segue this back to you guys. And I'll actually do my top five first, just because I feel like it's definitely gonna be way different than you guys. Just because the attachments I have, I love all those films, like so wild at heart, con air face off or films I love, but my top five would probably be, and not that you guys have to give a blatant top five, but if you just want to shoot out, like which ones are like really your favorites, uh, my top five would be probably color out of space or actually probably kick-ass. I forget about kick-ass. He plays. Yeah. A, yeah he's a fucking excellent kick-ass Big daddy. Yeah, number five would probably be Kick-Ass. The Color of Space probably wouldn't even break my top five. It'd probably be Kick-Ass, Family Man, because like I said, I go every Christmas, Matchstick Men, uh, followed by The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, followed by Mandy for number one. So I'm with you guys. But uh, do you guys want to shout out what your favorites or maybe, you know, if you don't want to shout out a top five, you know, just kind of shout out like, you know, which ones you revisit the most and stuff like that. And uh, whoever wants to go first, you can. I didn't know that this was an assignment. No, it's not. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying is like I actually I didn't want to be like I'd have to do a top five. You could I, just I, I did a t- I did a top five. I fucking like scoured this man's three million film career to give me a give a top five. So do you want me to just do my top five before you guys like drool? Yeah, do yours. I'm gonna write down some notes. All right, that's what I was so, gonna say is it's not you don't have to do a top five. So you guys no, just I did it. I did I, I did it. So yeah. number five is Con Air. Uh, it's it's a silly action film that you you know like how do you not like it like that fucking cast is ridiculous like everyone hams it up to 11 john malkovich is like one of my favorite villains in that like especially when he talks about like danny trehu being like the rapist he's like you're not like the uh the film on the mount like that whole like speech is awesome number four bringing out the dead the scorsese and nicholas cage like what the fuck how can you go wrong (laughs) with that the number three will be the rock Again, another solid action film. Him and Sean Connery, perfect match. Ed Harris and Tony Todd as like the main villains was awesome. Um, That fucking green goop. 
if I saw even a joking like bath gel of that shit, I would run because I'd be so <laughs> terrified that it is the actual thing. Uh, but that movie rules. Um, number two, you can't leave out the Oscar. Leaving Las Vegas, uh, it's his heaviest film. That movie's fucking so sad, but it is an absolutely like it, it, he he earned it. Like that was a fucking incredible film. Like that's in terms of if I was going to be like objective and like look at it from like a critical standpoint, that is like outright his best film, in my opinion. And that's why it's number two, because I just think it's an amazing film. And number one, eight millimeter. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, that is, is so good. That is a gross fucking movie, but it yes. is so awesome. That's basically, you know, serial killers, like, you know, fucking snuff films, that whole fucking seedy underbelly and all that stuff. And he was awesome in it. Like, he didn't, he wasn't really like wild Nick Cage. Like, he played like a really straight laced character in it. And I, I love that movie. I mean, it's not one I watch often just because of the subject matter, but it's a fucking really good movie that more people need to talk about. Everyone always talks about like Seven and Silence of the Lambs and all that shit. I think 8mm deserves to be up in that same conversation. Yeah. You mean you don't rewatch the movies about snuff films, dude? What's no. wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've we probably watch eight millimeter like twice a year. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Snake Eyes, dude. That's another good one. But uh if you Snake guys... Eyes is a good one. Hell yeah. You know, I don't know if I've ever actually seen that fucking movie. That's one I haven't seen. We'll like, have to put June. it on the list. But you guys, like I said, you don't have to throw out a top five, and you can also. Okay, I made one. Okay. <laughs> well, also people know that uh, people listening will obviously hear that I put you on the spot. So if it changes in a couple of weeks, it's no yeah, fault to you guys. It's, it's, your top well, these, fi- it's your top five tonight. These yeah. Nick Cage movies are always like, if somebody's like, "Do you like Nick Cage?" I'm like, "Yes," and I'm like rattling off these is like, you know, the first one is Wild at Heart, obviously. Okay, number That's one my or number, number five. One. I'm okay, going sorry. backwards because I can't. My brain doesn't work. Works for me. Um. My number two, probably it's it's got to be Face Off. Okay, three Mandy. Okay, uh, four probably the unbearable weight of massive talent because that movie is so good. Right, I um, fucking enjoy. I can watch that shit. Uh, I watch that like every day. Like yeah. it's so good. Yeah. Um, five. Okay, I have a three way tie, and I feel like this is fair. Vampires Kiss, Con Air, and Adaptation. Oh yeah, I don't think uh, there's a more campy performance in history than him in Vampire's Kiss, and not in a bad way. I just but... rewatched it, and I was just like, oh, "This is why I love this man. He gives it a hundred and ten percent every single time." And one of that that movie, like Travis, like posted this thing on Instagram of him like walking through the streets, like moaning, and I was like, "Oh my god, I totally forgot that this movie was like." where the memes came from of like him, like making the faces and everything. And I'm like, this movie is so, so classic Nick Cage. It like, it's just up there. There's a scene where he goes to walk out of his apartment, like very early on. And he kind of turns towards the camera and just like flicks his hair and like walks out. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. Like, <laughs> it's so good. And it makes unbearable weight even funnier. Cause like watching stuff like vampires kiss. And then you see those scenes where they put them back in like the hair, like the long blonde hair and shit from like that wild at heart stuff. It just makes it even funnier to watch stuff like unbearable weight in the uh, newer movies and stuff. But what about uh, you, Travis? You got your list ready? Yep. I got it. Yeah, uh, he was prepared. He's ready. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> SpongeBob ass. <laughs> Willie's wonderland hits my number five. Fuck uh, yes. <laughs> and and not because it's it's the best film. I just love rewatching it. Yeah, I was about to say like, rewatchability. I love, I love this movie so much when we watched it that like 
when I was still working for my last boss, we would watch it to and from the job sites, like in the van in the morning. Like I watched that thing like every day for a month straight. I just like thought it was, I couldn't stop getting a kick out of like his character and his delivery on everything. And like every time the movie ended, I would like look at one of the other dudes on the on the crew and be like, he didn't say a fucking word. He didn't say a word the whole fucking movie. Like in astonishment, like every time I watch it, I'm waiting for him to just like squeak one out. And he like never does. So that hits my number five with a bullet. Uh, I got unbearable weight of massive talent. I think that's like, it just, it delivers on like, I mean, like the chemistry between him and Pedro Pascal is like really fucking awesome. And uh, the writing is great. And it's like, like you were saying before, it's kind of got that like weird, like meta sense of humor that like, I don't go looking for, but it, it delivered across the board and I just was entertained the entire time. And uh, it's another one that's like, I watch anytime I get the chance, like I'll seek it out. Like I'll just be flipping through. I'm like, Oh, there's that. Let's watch that. I was still working Uh, at the theater when it came out and I watched that shit like three times at the theater. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And like, it it was hard for me to make a list because I, I like a bunch of his like, serious like heavy films and shit so like i i I struggle to like give too much to like the stuff that i found to be like really funny or like silly or like whatever because i think that there's stuff where his like acting is maybe better but i think that like those movies and they're both new uh, i think that he's like able to give more of like his himself as an artist to some of these roles now like he's like to a point where he can just come in and say like here's how i'm going to do this thing and uh they let him do that so i think that like his work has just gotten objectively better yeah but my number three is adaptation uh because it's two times the cage and you love yes meryl street i do love meryl street <laughs> she is like like numero uno like hollywood crush for me oh, uh man. she beats them all out but you get, I mean, you get double the cage, man. It's it's just like it's awesome, and the the characters are are fantastic. And that was like one that kind of brought him back into the fold for me. You know, I remember seeing that, and I think somebody I was like one of my friends told me it sucked. Like they were just like, oh, like adaptation, like it's super slow, it goes nowhere, like it's fucking stupid. And and then I saw it and was like, oh no, like this connects for me. So I love that. My number two is Raising Arizona. You know, it's a fantastic film. We've all kind of discussed it. And uh, my number one is Mandy, of course. Hell yeah. So, uh, because, like I said, I could go on about that movie. I've rewatched it dozens and dozens and dozens of times. There's never a, uh, I mean, there's a reason it's like I own like all the fucking shirts. I I own like two copies of the fucking video and it's like i have like the i even have the jeremiah sand record right you know like i bought i got that thing she bought it for me uh it's like i have both of them yeah i have both of them i got the soundtrack i got that i got all the funko pops for it uh and that's the only funko pops that i own uh it started with the cheddar goblin it did start with the cheddar goblin uh so yeah it's just it's a fantastic film and i think i think that was one that really just like 
really like especially in the modern age of Nicolas Cage I can't speak enough about how much I think that without that film I don't know that he would be doing some of the films he's done in the last couple of years because I think that really elevated him you know and uh no I think I agree with that Mandy's definitely the jump off point for his like modern resurgence and like this weird like because he's definitely well yeah he's definitely with the exception of like unbearable weight well he has something new stuff coming out that's like but like even that what's the hell's that movie like the it's like everything everywhere but like it's nick you know oh yeah all, uh, all nicholas cage at once like the one where they dream about him and shit like that but it's like very much like in the like but i think mandy was scenario yeah, yeah. M- mandy was definitely oh, the jump God. off <laughs> for all that shit yeah. um i saw i got to see mandy in the theaters because like i saw the trailer for That's it and i'm like i'm like what in the fuck is this and then I saw that movie and I was like, what in the fuck is this? Like I had to like, pro- like it took me like, I had to watch it like three more times to be like, yeah. Oh, I get, I kind of get it. I don't, but I like, I feel like I get it now. Yeah. And like the cheddar goblin shit, like all those like weird commercials. And I'm like, what the fuck is I'm like, I'm like, how much did Nick Cage get paid for this movie? This is crazy. And then like all yeah. of a sudden, then he did like call out of space, like right after that. I'm like, Oh, this is like the same thing. I'm like, Nick Cage is just doing these weird fucking Lovecraft movies. Now this is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Mandy was definitely a, uh, and then, yeah. And then he started popping up and everything. I got a question though. How do you think that night, uh, that five nights at Freddy's is going to affect Willie's Wonderland? Do you think people are going to be in more people are going to get into Willie's Wonderland or do you think it's going to fuck that movie? Regardless of how, Five Nights at Freddy's turns out to be because it's basically the same plot. It is. It is. And that's kind of been like the thing. I mean, for me, that's the thing that makes me not as stoked about Five Nights at Freddy's is like, I'm like, I've kind of seen it. And I don't think that there's anything like they could objectively make a, a cooler thing. They could have more, a bigger budget better animatronics, better gore, better actors, better, you know, everything. And it cannot possibly, for me, beat out the fact that, like, Nick Cage doesn't say a fucking word for an entire movie. <laughs> like, that to me is like, I mean, like, let's let's think about this. Like, when, when Drive came out and everybody was like, oh, my God, Ryan Gosling, like, he's the most incredible fucking thing. It's like, yo he said like two lines of fucking dialogue in the whole movie. And then like the movie he did after that, he said nothing the whole movie. And I'm like, Oh, neon demon. Yes. Yeah. And and it's like, okay, so like, we're going to like acclaim this guy for that. But then Nicholas Cage does it. I think better, more effectively. And because, you know, even with like the Ryan Gosling films, there's just like one pace to them. And so you kind of just set the tone of the character and then you just act it out. But in like Willie's Wonderland, there was humor. There was like action. There was drama. There was all of these things. And he kind of acted through all of them effortlessly. Like every time he punched out to take his fucking break, it fucking bodied me. I was like, that's the funniest thing. He just like keeps taking breaks and like drinking energy drinks and playing fucking pinball. That's hilarious. Like people are getting murdered and he's just like, huh, it's break time. And then it comes right back to just like kicking ass. So it's like, I don't think that like, I would hope that five nights at Freddy's is like, at least, I mean, I think it's probably going to be fine. I think it's going to be good, 
Um, and maybe that will lead people to like wanting to check out Willie's Wonderland. I think that they're, I think Willie's Wonderland has done what it's going to do. You know, I think like the people that found it and enjoy it, found it and enjoy it. I don't think it's going to like have any type of like five nights at Freddy's isn't going to affect it at all. I don't yeah. think. Fair enough. I was just curious how you thought about it, since it's yeah. basically the same movie, but without Nick Cage. Yeah, it is. And that's like a bummer for me. I think that that's like kind of whack. It's like, just let him have it, you know, but at the same time, like I, I appreciate what like they're trying to do with their, their version of the thing. And, you know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll be great, but you know, hopefully people, I mean, it's like anything, man. It's like people ripping off the Cro-Mags all these years. Like it, it didn't, add or detract from like the popularity of the chromags the chromags are what they are you know so god's hate becoming marauder 2.0 but no uh yeah. so pretty much uh no uh, i do want to comment on pretty much two things you guys mentioned but uh i do want to say you guys are not giving your flowers to who it's due and that's the banana splits movie which came before both of them in release and did the same exact thing However, I feel like we can treat Nicolas Cage kind of like an IP. It's like Superman and Batman. It's like when you think about like, it's just what you're a fan of already. So like if you like Superman over Batman as a character in general, when you go back and think of like, which obviously not in like recent times, because those movies have been poorly received and stuff, even as a DC fan myself. Uh, but when you think about Christopher Reeve versus uh, Michael Keaton, you know, it's like those two movies are perfect. You know, like the first Batman and the first Superman. So it's like as a fan, it's like whatever you prefer in those two IPs. And I feel like it's the same thing with these with five nights at Freddy and Nicholas cage. If you have been a fan of the game for these, this many years, you know, and they've been trying to get five nights made for many years. I will say that too, but you know, as a movie, but, um, so I just feel like if you're a fan of five nights at Freddy, you're not, you probably didn't even pay Willie's Wonderland attention, or you're just not going to think about it while watching five nights. You're just like, finally, my game got a movie. And it's the same thing with watching Willie's Wonderland. It's like, after watching Five Nights at Freddy, you're like, oh, that was cool. But my boy Nicolas Cage is in one. I'd rather watch that shit. So I feel like uh, like as a Nicolas Cage fan, it's like no matter how good Five Nights is, it's like I'd rather watch Willie's Wonderland. But it's like, um, I mean, unless somehow Five Nights at Freddy just kicks ass. But I feel like it just becomes down to like what you're a fan of ahead of time. You know what I mean? With them being so similar that if you're not a fan of Nicolas Cage, you might not have even watched Willie's Wonderland because you're like, I'll just, you know, oh, that just looks like Five Nights at Freddy. It's, I'll just wait for that. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So, um, but, and then the other thing I want to mention is with Mandy, I feel like it finally brought him home to his people because it's like, uh, he's been such a campy actor from like, go, you know, even back in the day with Vampire's Kiss, but you know, that's before he was somebody. And um, then fast forward and, you know, he's a campy actor through movies like Bangkok Dangerous and fucking the Wicker Man remake and, uh, but they're poorly received and same thing with like Ghost Rider. And uh, then finally, after all these years, he finally does a true horror movie with Mandy and brings him home to the people that like love him and accept the campiness and everything he brings to the table. So it's just uh, that's one thing I think about Mandy is like the pinnacle of his like renaissance is just the fact that it like finally it was like the first person in a long time to see his strengths and just like harness them instead of be like, oh, I'm just casting casting him for Nicolas Cage's name. They're like, I'm casting him for right. his talent, like the fact that he can bring it when he needs to. And, you know, be like like one of the lines he makes in the movie that kind of makes me cringe. But I'm like, it works because it's him is when he's like, uh, knock, knock, uh, who's there? And he's like, Eric Estrada. And she's like, who? Eric Estrada, who? And he's like, Eric Estrada from Chips. And then he just kisses her. It's like, it's so <laughs> fucking weird. It makes no sense. But it just like 
it works because it's like ah, oh, i guess he like he plays into it it's like i guess that guy's just kind of awkward and makes a joke that you know isn't that funny so it's like uh i don't know it's just i love it so uh now i'm with you guys manny's fucking like excellent it'd be hard to top mandy for a while even with films like pig and um i really want to see sympathy for the devil i don't know if you guys need uh, if any of you guys got to see that yet yeah, but he's got that yeah that looks pretty good and he's got a couple other things coming out by the end of the year too like two more movies where he's bald the dream scenario yes. and then the one where he's like a viking or some shit <laughs> um butcher's crossing yes which apparently came out last year right after unbearable weight that might have been like the premiere it might have not a it just might not have get a like actual wide release yet you know what i mean oh okay yeah it's like the prisoners of ghostland willie's wonderland pig unbearable weight butcher's crossing the old way renfield the flash which i've never heard of that one oh sympathy he's, for the devil dream scenario and the retirement plan he's in the flash for like two seconds pretty much and it's yeah. it's a nod it's i'm just going to spoil it for you because who gives a shit it's right, a yeah. nod to the fact that he was supposed to play superman and kevin smith's superman yes. which yeah. is an awesome documentary if you haven't seen that yet uh there's I've a documentary there's a documentary about them trying to make that film um mm-hmm. it's awesome it's so totally worth watching but they do what he was they like basically cg version of nick cage like in that costume fighting the spider that he was supposed to fight in that movie there's like a quick scene of him like fighting that spider for like it's literally like when it happened when i saw it and saw his face i was you had like two other people in the theater are like oh it's him and that was it but most people are like what the fuck was that like <laughs> it's so it's so fast and like over with yeah but they, basically that movie made every version of superman ever like canon they have like a cg version of um christopher reeves in it they did it like a they did a version of nick cage like you know all of them are are in it and the nick cage version was like just a nod to like that was supposed to be a thing we're gonna say it's a real thing there you go. There's your little like Kevin. I know Kevin Smith was fucking super stoked about it because he was like, it made my movie canon that I didn't even get to make. Yeah, I think that's the movie, awesome. the documentary is called Death of uh, Death of Superman because that's like kind of what the yeah. storyline was going to be or whatever. But nah, no, no, that's re- what he was. That's that's what he was going to do. Yeah. He was supposed to be. He was going to do the Death of Superman comic. Like, I don't think and- it was Kevin Smith's movie though. I think it was Tim Burton's, and Kevin Smith made the documentary. I think Tim Burton was going to do Tim was going to do Superman as well, and then his Batman movie bombed. And they took it away from him and gave it the Schumacher. And then they took away Superman as well. If I'm not mistaken, it's Tim Burton. It was Tim Burton's movie, but Kevin Smith made the documentary that you're talking about. I thought Smith had something to do with it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Death of Superman. He might have wrote it or something. I don't. I, don't, I haven't watched the documentary yet, but uh, I feel like I, when I was watching clips, it showed like Tim Burton with Nicolas Cage in that costume because you know they like have clips with him in the long with the long hair in the costume, but it just never got fully made or whatever. But I'd rather you look it up and we'd be able to tell the people the truth. Let's Mulder and Scully this shit. Oh no, it was supposed to be called Superman Lives. Oh yeah. And and it and it was uh it was his film. Whose? It was Kevin Smith's. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, the movie is called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened. That's the documentary. Yeah, that's the documentary. But the movie was supposed to be called Superman Lives. Okay. Sounds good. Anybody else uh, got any um thing to shout out about Nicolas Cage? What was His the middle last name is Kim. <laughs> Nicholas Kim's uh, Coppola, right? Yeah. <laughs> NKC. Now I understand why he changes. I mean, Nicholas Coppola isn't hard to. It, I don't know. It's not bad, but Nick Cage is just badass. Huh? He, uh, he didn't want to be associated yeah. and like live yeah, under. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, he wanted to be his Fran- own. Oh, Francis Ford himself. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did uh, get responses on my little sticker thing that I put up like five seconds before we started recording. Well, real quick before you go, yeah. I, I forgot Phil sent me something to read. Um, oh, okay. Shout out Phil. He couldn't be with us this week. His grandfather passed away, unfortunately, and uh, it was literally started like over the weekend. It's been sudden. So he's playing all that stuff. So shout out to him and his family. All of our condolences and love to yeah. the Vasquez yes. family. He sent me his halloween films so far and as well as his notes on nicholas cage i meant to read his halloween films back when we did them but i'll just go through all of it real quick so starting on uh he started er- a little early on september 28th because saw x came out so he saw saw x he didn't give me any thoughts on them but he just gave me his list so i'll just roll through them starting back then he did a movie a day so he did saw x or sometimes he did more than a movie a day shit uh saw x friday the 13th uh parts one two and three the following day uh the next day he did rob zombies Halloween movies one and two. Then he followed that with Talk to Me. Then the following day he did the Demons movies one and two. Then on the fourth he did Chucky season three episode one because I think that's when it premiered if I'm not mistaken. Followed yeah. by The Exorcist. Then he went out and saw The Exorcist Believer on the fifth. Followed by Creep Show on the sixth. Dead Alive on the seventh. Paranormal Activity next to Ken on the eighth. Puppet Master the Littlest Right on the ninth. Blair Witch 2016 on the 10th, which I personally think is underrated, but I know you guys aren't really it's better than the original. Hell yeah. I like that. Same here. <laughs> I revisited a lot just because it's not so boring, but uh, Night of the Living Dead on the 11th, The Conjuring on the 12th, Maniac OG on the 13th, Saturday the 14th on the 14th. Hell yeah. I like that. <laughs> uh, I Spell on Your Grave on the 15th, uh, The Hills Have Eyes 20, uh, 2006 on the 16th. Which I will say, when I was listening to the episode you were on with uh, on uh, House That Screams, they were hating on that movie. I like the remake yeah. a lot. So yeah. uh, I actually think it's probably better than the Texas Chainsaw remake, but uh, very close between the two. But uh, on the 17th, he watched Texas Chainsaw 2. Uh, shout out to that one. On the 18th, Halloween 3. On the 19th, Prom Night. On the 20th, Conjuring 2. On the 21st, Night of the Demons. And on the 22nd, Phantasm 3. And then he did actually give me his thoughts on the Cage film, so I'll read those out. Uh, I would assume these are his top four. Or no, these are probably his top five because he gave me five, so uh, no specific order because he didn't order these. But uh, Wild at Heart, he put Cage, Moshing, Sex, Elvis, Blood, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's right. good review. That's typical. Uh, Phil knows. Phil yeah. knows. <laughs> typical Phil. But... Uh, <laughs> Renfield Cage as the Prince of F and Darkness. No other explanation necessary. Hell yeah. That's one thing that we didn't. I feel like we didn't give Renfield enough. It's hard to give those brand new ones that just came out this year, like love as much as the ones that we've been with and like revisiting a lot. But Renfield is one that I definitely right. enjoy. And fucking shout out to the director, Chris McKay, fucking for the teeth. Yeah. Every single, yeah that's awesome. So cool. No, he's, I don't he's feel awesome like he guy. was in that movie enough. Like I, yeah, you know, he could have, he could have been more. <laughs> Yeah, it was More cool Dracula. to see his, his face imposed on Bella Lugosi, though. That was like pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, but. Uh, then he said, kick ass, action packed, ass kicking with Cage leading the brutality. Hell yeah. <laughs> then he put, uh, Werewolf Women of the SS, the idea of Nick Cage's Fu Manchu fucks, and it fucks hard. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I forgot he was in the Rob Zombie uh, tr- fake trailer and Grindhouse, uh, the, the Werewolf Women yeah. of the. Uh, SS. That was pretty fucking cool. So technically, he is in a Tarantino movie. <laughs> but uh, and then last but not least, he put eight millimeter, sick, depraved, perverse exploration of snuff films. Cage goes dark in this film, and it fucks. 
his showdown and then he put it in quotes machine ruled. So his showdown machine ruled. But hell yeah. Shout out to Phil and shout out to Jay too. He couldn't make it as well. And I'm assuming Fuck for the yeah. if not work, the same reasons, you know. Uh and like I said, rest in peace to his grandfather and much love and condolences to them. I just love since we're bringing up the werewolf from the SS. I just love that people are like, "Yo, Rob Zombie should make that movie." And he was like, "Do you realize that that trailer makes no sense? I'm not making a movie out of that. Like, mm-hmm. that was absolute crazy." He's like, "That's all you're getting. You're getting two minutes, and that's it." Like, I because there was talks about them trying to do a second Grindhouse like right after that, and it was supposed to be Thanksgiving and. They wanted werewolf women in the SS. Like that was like the thing that at least the fans were pushing for. There was supposed to be a second grindhouse, but it like flopped in the theaters, which is stupid. But uh, I guess you know because people couldn't sit for four hours. But um, yeah, and Rob Zombie was like, I can't make that movie. He's like, I barely could make a fucking two minute trailer. He's like, and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I'm not making a movie. But I was like, well, maybe 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 that's the maybe that's the route that Rob Zombie should take is make a movie that just completely doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yes. Yes, and like don't put, don't put your wife in it. Yeah. I was gonna say that Lords of Salem doesn't make much sense. I mean, he made that, so <laughs> he well, that was how, yeah, that was definitely his like fucking ode to Italian cinema. Yeah, the, and I'll say this: there's a book version of it which I read before the movie came out. The book version is actually better because the ending actually makes sense in that. That was a movie I didn't like the first because I went. It was like one of the last midnight showings I went to, and I mm-hmm. didn't like it the first time I watched it. But rewatching it, I kind of got behind it. But it was after listening to him explain it, you know, that I kind of got behind it. It didn't really make sense. The, like it was kind of the same thing as like once you kind of know what it means, it it's a little bit more enjoyable. But it's like that movies shouldn't really need that, you know. They shouldn't need the explanation, I guess. But yeah. Um. But no, I think he just needs a writer. He's a great director. It's just like he everything he writes is like oh i'm a skull fuck you you fucking (laughs) (laughs) but no yeah he does not write like people talk he's he 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 writes his like vocabulary stopped at the texas chainsaw massacre like he can't get past like what those idiots say like that crazy redneck like he just was like every character i'm gonna write is gonna be the characters from texas chainsaw massacre and i'm stuck there yeah which I feel like why he, that's why he cast the same people is because they're like, oh, they'll just say what I fucking write for him. So I don't have to worry about them being like, what if we change the line to something a little more realistic? Because <laughs> then he'd be like, not in my movie. <laughs> but nah, not that it, yeah. uh, I don't know. He just he seems a little bitter, like for a movie uh, for a filmmaker to still be making movies. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. always like fucking hates on the shit and then like we'll poop out another fucking movie. And I'm like, well, then why'd you make another one if you don't? like it that much you know what i mean or whatever yeah. but nah Yo, did a... you guys get uh responses to the, to the post yeah. hell yeah i got That's... i got i got three all right you guys go first because i i only had one when i started but uh it's been like a good hour so uh i've got a few so, so uh since i got a quick little i'll just do it go uh my friend melanie said raising arizona obviously mm-hmm. um cliff dean you know a pa hardcore relic uh, sang on the demo for No Retreat. Uh, he said Vampire's Kiss. And then Martello, uh, previous guest, he says Adaptation. That's all their favorites. Because okay. that was the question. I said, what's your favorite shout out? And that was what they chose. Hell yeah. Yeah, we got to get Martello back on for sure. Martello, uh, shout out Rock Bottom for sure. What about uh, you guys, Travis and Laura? Did well, you get any so Laura? Or I, I, got... uh, I was not given the assignment. So don't even worry about it. Travis actually just posted on his own and then Ren followed suit. So 
It was, uh, <laughs> nobody was giving you the assignment. You're fine. I was just asking because I didn't want to leave you out if you did. I have the, uh, I have the, I have the better photo though. It's you do. I'll give you, I'll give you <laughs> for sure. So, uh, the first three I got were, uh, from a couple of knuckleheads. Uh, <laughs> And so I got Wild at Heart, Face Off, and Fu Manchu. Ren, it's just you and me. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, then uh, my friend Samantha, who uh, just put out the Pittsburgh Hardcore Book documentary, it, she said, National Treasure, I love scavenger hunts and history, perfect cage movie for me. Uh, Steve Fisher from uh, Steel Nation said, as good as Mandy is, it still has to be Raising Arizona. Uh, my friend Jay Cook, who plays guitar in uh, Pain Clinic, he said, Adaptation and Con Air. Mike Dudick, a friend of ours who's a tattooer out of Buffalo, said, Bad Lieutenant, followed by Con Air, The Rock, and Face Off. 90s to early 2000s Cage is Premium. Uh, my boy Tim Samega said, Con Air. Uh, my buddy Jay said, knowing I got true believer jujitsu with The Rock. And then my boy Tom Fox said, 8mm, The Rock, and Prisoners of Ghostland. So, you know, a wider range of things. One thing I like about Cage is, like, it's kind of hard to argue with any of them because, like, you can understand where people are coming from as far as, like, just t- attachments or fandom. Yes. And- not to call out your the friend, same but age. knowing is the only movie that I was like, Ugh. like, but that's, I'm not trying to call out your friend. Like, like what you like, uh, yeah. homeboy, but like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, shout out Boomer from Podcast in the Woods, but it was hard to hear him talk highly about Exorcist Believer for an hour and a half. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't agree, but he just, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to skip your episode. I'm going to listen to your opinion. <laughs> But, yeah, he did not. He did not like my review. I mean, he laughed at it, but yeah, I, no. definitely, I definitely way disagreed with him. No, no. When I got once I started getting towards the end, I was like, like once I got halfway through, I was like, damn, I kind of feel bad about my review. And I was like, let me go look at other people's reviews. And then I saw your on, yours on Twitter and I was like, OK, I feel fine about my <laughs> I gave it a one. I gave it like a six. Uh, but I had uh, three responses, uh, just some quick ones. I had Jeffrey Adams, a.k.a. Both Guns Blazing on Instagram. He put face off in color out of space. Uh, Justin Muick on Instagram. He had, I uh, I know I'm late, but The Rock, I think just because I said it, we were starting in an hour, but uh, so shout out The Rock. And then uh, Jay from Cancer Bats put Raising Arizona. So um, another one for Raising Arizona. So that's probably honestly, if I had to say the two most voted, it would definitely be Mandy and Raising Arizona, as far as like just yeah. you know, between I, our our picks and then. I mean, that honestly makes sense. Raising Arizona is predominantly the jump off for everyone. Like it has to be. Like obviously, people here and there can like filter in, but if you ask a hundred people what was the first Nick Cage film they saw, that's probably going to be. I mean, over a certain age, obviously, if you yeah. ask someone that's like fucking twenty right now, that Mandy might have been the first film that they ever saw, yeah. but. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. And then I feel like Mandy is the new jump, is like the new, like, that movie's the fucking shit. Like, I've never, I've only heard people say it's awesome or I really liked it, but it was really weird and I didn't get it. Like, I haven't heard anyone, I I haven't heard anyone say I didn't like that movie. Like, the the biggest complaint is that it was weird. And I'm like, yeah, well, who gives a shit? Weird's fucking cool. Like, why would you want, you know, sometimes you just need weird in your life. But I feel like that makes sense that Mandy and, Raising Arizona would be the two most mentioned. 
you know yeah we can uh love for con air and and the rock though yeah the rock was a surprising one for sure yeah not yeah, because I didn't. Rules. Well, that's what I was saying. Not not because I didn't think it was good, just because I didn't think it was like as popular. You know what I mean? So to see some uh, like multiple other uh, outside guests say it as well was uh, surprising. But you know what I want to say about Face Off? I you gotta give John Travolta a lot of credit. John Travolta being Nick Cage, he was pretty good at it. Yeah, like when he like when he when he's you know obviously got you know when Nick Cage's character is wearing his face, like when they reverse roles, like and. Nick Cage is just, you know, campy the whole time, but like John Travolta trying to be Nick Cage and like deliver lines the way like Nick Cage delivers lines. I'm like, he should get a lot. Like a lot of people remember how crazy Nick Cage is, especially in the beginning when he's like the bad guy, but like John Travolta needs to get a little bit more credit for for his portrayal of Nick Cage. Yes. (laughs) Gina Gershon is incredible. She's just hot. Uh, We told her that uh face off was our our first date movie and she just was like whoa must have been a good date because that's a long movie (laughs) oh yeah that's funny no that's uh jt's one uh john travolta's one that uh if it if he would have a renaissance i'd like him as just as like i put him up there with cage it's just in recent years he hasn't like everything he's done has just been stinkers like the fanatic is one of the worst fucking things i've ever seen so and i'm a oh yeah we saw that is, is that the uh yeah, Sawa Sawa. yeah but is is that like the fred durst movie yeah yeah <laughs> i liked it i was fine with it i mean it's not great but like i didn't hate it I think Fred shout out Fred Durst, man. Yeah, I think I think John Travolta's career is fucked up now because he's too in deep with the uh, Scientology. Scientology, yeah. And I think, and I, I want to believe. I think that the room. I mean, I wouldn't be putting a past Scientology, but I think the rumors of him being gay and Scientology not letting him like come out. I think that's like a big thing that's like going on. Like, there's a theory that John Travolta like want has wanted to come out for years. And the Church of Scientology won't let him do it. And I think there's like that whole like dynamic. And I think that's like fucking with his career. Cause like you're right, he hasn't put out shit. I mean, he does come, he does like go to like all these metal shows. And I'm like, all right, John Travolta, you're kind of fucking cool <laughs> in real life. But like, yeah. yeah, he's not putting out any good movies for sure. I can't even remember the last like good movie he put out. Uh, phenomenon. Gotti. <laughs> <laughs> phenomenon. Yo, you trying to say I'm gay? <laughs> no, I can't. Carrie was probably last. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, that's the thing though. Is he just had so many bangers early in his career, like Carrie, fucking Grease. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Grease. I mean, Pulp Fiction. Yes, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, what's that one he did? Blowout, fucking with the Palmas, another highly underrated movie that he actually started and that was really good. And uh, so he just, I don't know, he killed it so so much early in his career. I just wish he would have a renaissance, but um. Uh, it's just uh, like you guys said, it's he's kind of a weird guy, so I feel like certain people don't want to work with him. And then he's also gone through some shit, he's like he lost a son and stuff like that. So uh, he's definitely been through some, yeah. But uh, hell yeah, you, you know what, Michael, where he was know, an angel, yeah. You, you know what I'll say? So I did not, I was not a fan of the like Hairspray powder. remake because it's fucking sacrilege to do John or to do John Waters, but. John Travolta being divine, being Edna, he was pretty good at, at in, yeah, in the, in the, yeah. Like he's part. probably this, he's like the saving grace of that whole fucking remake. 
I meant to ask you, uh, did you know that uh, I heard it? Marcus Parks on last podcast and last uh, last podcast on the left mentioned it like a, a couple of months ago on an episode. But did you know that John Waters has like plans for his next movie? It's just getting through the strike and all that. Yeah, he no. um, yeah, he talked about I went to um, the fuck was he signing? He talked about he's been working on that film for a while. Right before the pandemic happened, he said that he had another film. He put out that Mr. Know-It-All book. Yeah. And went on a tour for it. And someone asked him about they're like, oh, you did all these, you know, books and whatnot. Like, when's the next film? He's like, funny enough. He's like, I have this meeting. He's like, and I think we're like gonna go like through with it. So he's been working on it for a while. Because yeah. I think I, I think I met him on that Mister Know It All thing in like the very end of like 2018. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now I was wondering where you heard that because I like I searched it after that and couldn't find any news things, and I was like, I feel like he wouldn't have said it unless like or like at least edited it out unless he was like certain of it or whatever. So I was like, yeah, I think yeah. he's uh, yeah, I think he's got like funding and everything, and they were like ready to go, and then the strike happens. Yeah. Because he because he keeps talking he keeps talking about how like he's like I gotta get this one out because you know he's old yeah and he's like you know and I definitely like to see him do at least one more for sure in- instead while he's waiting around he's just going up to Provincetown and just doing acid with Mink Stoll and uh, trying to pick up dudes apparently that's what it, that's like the stories he tells now he's just like yeah well I'm waiting around he's like I just I did acid for the first time in forty years me and Mink <laughs> so. <laughs> God, that's a party I would love the invitation to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he was just at that, he was just in Baltimore at that like piss grave undergang show, just like hanging out. That's cool. Yeah, he just he just randomly shows up to shit. I saw him at the art space once. Uh when the who the fuck played? Might have been trapped under ice. But like he was just in the back. He's just like, Oh, I heard there was a punk rock show. <laughs> like just stood in the back, like watched, you know, maybe an hour's worth of music and then he left. And didn't really That's so sick. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> like making my way downtown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, that's fucking rad as fuck. But so we're gonna wrap it up pretty much. Do you guys have anything? I know you've been on a tear of uh podcasts lately. Ren, do you want to shout out some of the episodes you've been on? I think you were on I know you were on uh The House of Screams, but you're on was it on podcast in the woods that you're on recently as well too? Yeah, I've recorded all those fucking episodes like a million years ago too. Yeah, and they're just like insane. all coming out at the same time. Um, yeah, I did. Um, I saw the devil on podcast in the woods. Um, we had some technical difficulties, so it's just me and Boomer. Gabby ended up dropping out like five minutes in. She didn't even like last that long because she lost. Um, then yeah, the podcast or House of Screams we just did. They just released. Um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and the beginning, um, which there was definitely a contrast in which one we liked and which one we really didn't like. Uh, I was supposed to do a um, Freddy versus Jason, but I had technical difficulties, so I submitted a review. But you know, you'll hear my little spiel at the end. But I'm not actually on the episode. That's it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm supposed to be getting linked up with the guys from Pi. Uh, Podcast of the Dams, the dudes from Scotland again, uh, to do yeah. my like, um, you know, uh, was it the horror bucket list? Uh, yeah. I won't tell you. I'm not telling you what movie it is. It's not Evil Dead. I told him I wasn't going to do Evil Dead, but um, I do have uh, an interesting bucket list film for whenever we do record that, which I think we're hopefully we're doing soon. Okay, now I'm excited to see what it is because you originally told me it was Evil Dead, so now I'm like, oh, you fucker. 
<laughs> yeah, I figured I'd go with something that wasn't an, on, on the obvious. Like, and I didn't want to go with something. The only thing I'm telling you is that it, it's what it, I didn't want to go your typical, like, oh, you need to see Nightmare on Elm Street or The Exorcist or anything like that, because they're all like give me's. Like, everyone yeah. fucking knows that. I went with something more that has become like a recent, like, staple, like in my, like, probably like top 10 in the last like 20 years type thing. Oh yeah. No, same here. That's like, I went, uh, I did the show as well. So if you haven't checked out podcast of the damned or their sideshow bucket list horror, which they do, uh, um, he hasn't done an episode in a minute, but, uh, uh, it's because he's been busy. I know he his like work changed up and stuff, but, um, I'm excited to see some of the ones coming up, but I did audition because, you know, like I could have done scream, which is my favorite horror movie, but I'm with you. It's like, that's another one. That's like, somebody's going to pick it eventually down the line. I'd, I'd rather talk about audition when I get the opportunity, like opportunity to. So, but, um, before, uh, we go, do you, do you know exactly, uh, and of course you don't, you know, if you don't have it picked out yet, don't feel rushed or nothing, but do you know what you want to do next month for the, uh, category? Uh, I've been thinking about it and I think I'm leaning towards Hitchcock. Oh shit! Hell yeah! yeah. Give me a reason to watch some of the ones I yeah. haven't seen yet. So, because you know, obviously, I talk highly about the Evil Dead, but uh, Alfred Hitchcock's the greatest director of all time. So, um, I think it's time to talk about the man. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually stoked for that because it gives me a, like a big reason to watch some of the ones. Like I've been uh, literally today, I put Rope on my watch list because I've never seen Rope, and I was like, I want to see that shit. So, this one is a definitely in for a treat because yeah, uh, just start piling them on because they're all awesome like what is it? i think it's from 52 to 64 he like didn't miss yeah fuck yeah like, now, i've seen a handful of them but i definitely have a bunch to watch but uh hell yeah definitely perfect to have a yeah. good heads up on because i can just start knocking them out like a couple a week or whatever so but oh yeah and uh sorry trav i'm gonna leave you for last lord do you want to plug uh the tattoo shop as well as just anything else that you might have oh yeah if you're uh you're into cool tattoos talking about movies and how dogs are better than people hit me up and <laughs> we can do some fun tattoos oh yeah do you have a email or like do you want to drop the name of the shop right oh here? yeah sorry i'm not used to this uh no, laura fine. b period tattoo on instagram you can hit me up there fuck yeah perfect no, no, you've been dropping, like I said before, I think we actually like jumped into the episode. You've been dropping some killer flash, especially for like Halloween three and stuff. So I'll be up, uh, honestly, hopefully November, December, but if not, definitely early next year for sure. But, uh, what about oh, you, yeah, Travis? Dude. Do you got anything Anytime. you want to plug? Uh, no, no, you have a show. Oh, yeah. This, this, yeah, this yeah, yeah, the yeah. By the time this comes out, the show will be done. Uh, that show kicked we'll, ass, we'll, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the show was awesome, man. It was crazy. There was like a million people there. It was nuts. There's a bomb in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean we're uh, we're playing some shows. Joe's back from Thailand, so uh, we're hoping to play more than one show, you know, coming up. So, yeah. you know, and uh, we're working on on some shit. Hell yeah, you guys should just yeah. book DC. That way, it gives us all an excuse to come there for the Exorcist series. But... I'm I'm game. I'll yeah, listen. I'll go play there by myself. That's that's where I'm at. I just want to play my fucking guitar. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll come fart on a snare drum. Perfect. <laughs> Pipping farting on the snare drum, but that's uh, well, that's a good quote to leave it on. I appreciate you guys for you know joining me for another awesome episode. I'm sorry we missed last month, but uh, I appreciate you guys for the patience and everything. And uh, I, no. I, I haven't talked to you guys since on this shit since July. Cause I wasn't on oh, for the right. uh, August episode. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I was busy. I was busy being a fucking idiot in Canada in August. So (laughs) I think I think I've seen you in person more recently than I've talked to you on this thing. Yeah. (laughs) And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening, and make sure you check back next week. So I'll be joined by the one and only Jamie Hanks of the band's Sacrificer and I Declare War. And we did have a few late responses to the question, "What is your favorite Nicolas Cage movie?" So I just wanted to share those with you guys as well. Charlie of the band Goldfinger says Valley Girl, End of Thread. And then I got a response from the Flesh Creep Instagram account. So I'm assuming it's Tom, past guest of the show. Shout out to Tom. Uh, he put Leaving Las Vegas for sure. So so there's a couple more votes for both of those films. Don't forget to go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and X for all updates on the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, the link for the Patreon is in the description. Also, you can just share it around or rate and subscribe wherever you're listening. All of it is very much appreciated. Thank you guys again and stay safe.